So I'm talking today to Dr. Kevin Jeffries, who recently contributed to what's called an open educational resource. Uh, Dr. Jeffries wrote several chapters about uh, Texas government. So welcome, Dr. Jeffries. Good to be here, John. Thank you very much. So first of all, uh, so the book was about uh, just, was it, was it a general textbook about Texas government? Yes, it's a government textbook. I was invited to join the effort by some colleagues I know at Houston Community College. And there's also a person from, um, I believe it's Midland College as well, too. And it's actually, uh, oh, Pan Open is the, I guess you would call it a publisher. If it's online, is it still yeah, called a still publisher? publisher? Okay. Um, anyway, and part of their idea was to get into the Texas government market and also do it in not just an online environment, but also one that is a little bit more flexible in the sense that you're hiring individuals, you're getting individuals to be involved and in contributing to it that are in Texas and very much familiar with the ongoing events within the state, meaning also that it's adaptable because government is one of those subjects where you know, every day it's a new thing. It's very fluid. And yes. You kind of have to have a resource that works the same way. Very much so. Very so is this kind so. of to counteract, like if you write a textbook that six years later it could be very, in a year, the situation could be very different. Exactly, exactly. But that's, that's the nature of the beast. You know, so I think part of what we're, well, you know, part of what we're doing is figuring out the best way that this can adapt itself. You know, and, and um, one of the things that uh, the individuals involved in it were, were interested in replicating was, is sort of like how Wikipedia sort of figured out what it's going to be, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's also very much, uh, you know, the product of uh, the contributions that are made to it. And, of course, that's an advantage and a disadvantage we could, you know, discuss later on if you wanted to. Here, obviously, things are going to be a little bit different because you have individuals that, uh, you know, experts in different fields uh, within government. And But we're still going to be open enough to try to figure out, okay, what is what seems to be working and what does not seem to be working? And that is, since we're just now getting it out, uh, we're still going to, you know, work on over the course of the summer and the... Uh, the, the fall and the spring, and I would assume on an ongoing basis, but we're still trying to figure out what it's what it's going to turn into. Mm -hmm. What was your contribution to the to the OER? I wrote four chapters. They ended up being four chapters. Originally, it was three. There was one on constitutions, one on public policy, and one also on state finance. Now, the constitution chapter, I have a problem with not stopping writing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they got to the point where, you know, there was two different aspects to it. And again, since it's Texas government, Texas politics, the first thing that I thought was important to know or to review was, okay, what, what's the nature of the American system? What's the American, the nature of the federal system? What do states do? What does Texas do? What also has Texas contributed in term, contributed to over the course of its uh, history in terms of helping define, clarify, the relationship between the national government and the state governments and how those things change. So that became its own chapter. There's also one about uh, Texas constitutions themselves, which I, I, writing something like this really puts you in a situation where you can start to investigate things that you were always pushing off to the side. You know, one day I'm going to look at this and whatever. And so I really dug into, you know, the evolving nature of constitutions within the state. And there's actually nine that I could divide into three different periods, each with three constitutions. One having to do with Spain and Mexico. And that is such a fascinating history. I'm still continuing with that. 
Um, I've been looking at land grants and the empresarios and the filibusters and all these folks. I mean, how you orig- how the land was originally distributed, who these people were, what were the histories of some of these individuals too? And there there's some really fascinating people around that period of time. Really amazing. But uh, all right, so you had some Anglo-Americans invited over to Spain, then Mexico for various purposes, but they're living under another constitution. Then you have a brief period of time, uh, 1836, 1845, 1861. And you're talking about the constitutions that, that impacted the state of Texas in general. That or, ran— that Or that got, became the state of Texas. That oversaw say. how the state was going to be governed. Uh, and, of course, you know— So it's talk, like a constitutional lineage, basically? Basically, yeah. But also how it you know came from different lineages. That's a great word. But you had from 18, 1836, 1845, 1861, Texas trying to figure out what it wanted to be. Do you want to be an independent nation? Do you want to be a state within the United States or do you want to be a state within um, the Confederacy? Then obviously that didn't work out. Then you had a, 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 you know, in a 10-year period, uh, 1866, 1869, 1876, you know, okay, what kind of constitution is going to be acceptable to both the national government and the power brokers within the state of Texas? And ultimately you had the 1876 constitution. Now we know all of this, but it was like, you know, I tried to find different ways of clarifying the evolution of these documents. And also look at the changes in the 1876 Constitution. A little bit more specifically, instead of people coming in and saying, okay, well, there have been 500 amendments since then. Well, what are they? What has changed? What has not changed? Because there are aspects of the Texas Constitution that are exactly the same as they were in 1876, but there are a lot of aspects that are very, very, very different. And, and I found out, uh, especially coming to uh, uh, involving finance, Texas can borrow a lot more money right now, allows itself uh, to. And again, you've got all of that, you know, written out in the Constitution in different areas. Anyway, those those two became two separate chapters. And then there was one on the different public policy areas within the state of Texas and how they're all independently financed. So uh, and again, it was it was great for me, too, because I've been teaching this stuff forever. But there come uh, there comes a point when you teach a subject that you fall into bad habits and you don't really look at the material freshly. And so this was an opportunity to do that. So, yeah, I learned an awful lot. If you're just joining us, we're here today talking to government instructor Dr. Kevin Jeffries about his recent contributions to an open education resource, as well as the current political climate here in the state. So there's been a lot of talk lately amongst um, politicians about the importance of teaching civics. And so how do you feel like this kind of... um, how do you feel about this movement in general? I think it's very important. I think also, I don't know, I have my own approach. I kind of think when I'm teaching something, I try to think of the class as kind of like a user's manual. Not so much civics in the sense that, well, you should do this and you should do that. Well, you know, that's your choice. But if you do do decide to do this, well, the, the, think of the Constitution as a rule book, right? Mm-hmm. These are the rules in place, the statutory code. You know, this is where you can find stuff. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting about um, the Texas uh, environment, online environment, is just how comprehensive it is. I mean, I don't know how other states do it. Um, I choose to limit myself to Texas because, you know, it's, it's, it's enough. Um, but there's no excuse for not being able to find full information about all the stuff that you want to get. And so that's the way I approach it. The Texas Capitol website does have a lot of resources. I mean, it has the entire state code. Oh, absolutely. In digital form and the Constitution. Absolutely. And it's actually very uh, 
very exhaustive, very comprehensive. Well, and, and, and beyond that, and you're exactly correct, uh, beyond that, um, one thing that I'm finding out, and these are things that have been around for a while, but I'm still, you know, you learn, you know, fully one particular thing you can investigate, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, you're opening up another door. Find a oh, tangent. That, well, <laughs> it, there's this one thing where you can look at the bills that have been introduced and investigate. It, it'll, it'll tell you which sections within the code are being affected mm-hmm. by different bills. So one of the things I wanted, all right, fine. A lot of bills are introduced and passed and whatnot, but a lot of them are ceremonial. But then you've got the more substantive stuff. And also controversially, you know, you're talking about civics, but there's also a lot of things that's out there that uh, uh, regarding education, what sorts of things to cover and what sorts of things to not cover. And people are saying all sorts of things about, well, what, what is it? Well, here we can go to the actual bills. We can go to the actual legislative summaries. Mm -hmm. You know, and instead of listening to someone comment on stuff, you can actually get to the real thing. And so I guess getting back to your original question, yeah, I, I like to think about it in a civics sense, but not so much in a, you know, guilt trip people into being involved. If you want to be involved, and you should. Um, but if you want to be involved, you need to know how to be involved exactly. and, what it, and what exactly it entails. Exactly. And doing it the proper way. It, doing it the proper way. Exactly. Exactly. Like, for example, you want to change something. Well, what exactly are you changing? And how? What is the process you're going to go by? What's the process you're going to go by? And what sorts of things have happened over the course of history? And it's not that. I mean, it's a lot of work to digest this stuff. But in terms of getting access to it, it's right there. It hides in plain sight. So that's that's and and that I think is part of the uh, advantage of this online kind of interface that you 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 have with that because you can be discussing. Okay, well, this is something happening right here. And by the way, boom. You know, I like to talk about, you know, the, the amendments to the Constitution. So I can put a lim- uh, put there, there, there are links that take you to, okay, what amendments are being offered right now? Mm-hmm. There's a proposal to uh, create a, uh, uh, a fund, a separate fund for a brain institute of Texas, just like they did the Cancer Prevention Research Institute, uh, for example. So if somebody wants to follow up on that. I, I have and you can get alerts, too, where it sends you every time there's an update, every yes. time there's a committee hearing, every time there's a vote. Yes. You can get a thing, and it'll send you an email alert. Yes. Hey, by the way, they voted on this today. Yes. Or, yes. You know, here's an upcoming hearing that you and, might be interested in. And they're great summary documents, too, that say, okay, this is what happened at last legislative session, the one before that or whatnot, and put together you know, when the, when the current one is over, too. So, yeah, there's no excuse to not see what's going on. So— can you briefly just say what an open education resource is? It is simply, well, it's like, it's, it's, it's like so many innovations that have been made uh, possible as a result of our digital universe, the interconnectedness now that we have. So it's the same sort of thing, I guess, in terms of education that YouTube was and all the rest of this too. So instead of a book, as you know, it would be something that, it's not just online in the sense that you're getting text or whatnot, but it's something that fully encompasses the possibilities of this relationship, this online relationship. And like I said, you know, if you want to find out, okay, what sorts of things are going on, boom, you can check it out. You know, it's right there. What's happening today? Mm-hmm. You know, but not, not only that, what has happened over the course of history? And that's one of the things that's really cool right now. There's just so much stuff that... I, I did my dissertation uh, back when you had to go. There was this, what do they call those buildings with all the books? Depositories? Well, that too, but there were also these other books. Are you talking about libraries? Yes, I'm talking about, <laughs> it's crazy. 
you'd go in and you know what you'd have to do? You'd have to go stand up. You'd have to pull this book out. Like I was doing some stuff on the Congressional After going the card catalog. Well, yeah. And, and, and you would have to pull these things out. And I remember with it, it was a depository. It's uh, the um, um, University of Houston has one. And I'm going in and I'm pulling books that have probably had never been looked at opening them and counting, you know, looking at what sorts of changes happen to welfare legislation, you know. Uh, I'm just saying that it took months and months and months and months to get access to things that you can literally do in minutes. And whereas now it's all right there for you. Yes. And it's yes. just a matter of moving your cursor or your finger now over And also know screen, where, knowing up. where to go. Yeah. And well, like I was saying, with, with the online environment, you know, this, this uh, allows for access to so much stuff. And like I said, not just what's happening right now, because one of the things I like to do and I like to encourage my students to think of is how things that are happening right now are tied into history. You know, it's, there's nothing really new under the sun. Circumstances can change, like the digital environment or whatnot. But it's not like we're necessarily doing anything brand new. We're just, it's just more comprehensive and quicker. So why did you decide to pursue? Do, is that why you decided to pursue an OER as a versus contributing to a book? Because it was one of these things that was a more organic existence as opposed to... Uh, but I would have preferred this, given a chance, given an option between the two. Now, there are still some places, apparently, where there has to be some sort of printed edition available. Is it? And that's one thing I wanted to ask you, too. Are OERs more affordable than textbook models? These are supposed to be free on this stuff. Now, what exactly... I'm not on the business side of it. But apparently, it's 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 affordable. The the the, the people that are putting it together will still make the revenue that's going to be necessary to help fund additional expansions of it and whatnot. Um, but you know, of course, your revenue collection is going to be different in the same sense that it is for people that do music. You know, I was going to say, Spotify. as far as content is concerned, it's really going to go the route of music and TV and film, and that's going to raise some interesting questions. You know, because as anybody who likes to play music knows, you know, if you record something, you put it on Spotify, you're going to make dozens of cents. <laughs> I think Jackson so in Brown, other words, the economic model behind it will have to change along with the technology and the way it's Absolutely. Absolutely. How that changes, who knows? Um, but I'm just, you know, I see this as an augment to what I, I do in terms of teaching. So it's not like I'm desperate for revenue with this you know it would be nice to make it rich <laughs> i don't think that's going to happen but that's perfectly fine um but it's 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 stimulating uh, like i said i i i learned an awful lot doing this it kind of actually something i remember telling people years ago i mean you don't really when you start teaching you don't really learn your material when you're studying it you learn the material when you're teaching it and then i realized that's even more so when you're you know writing a textbook that's when you're really learning stuff do you see oers is becoming more prominent in the future i i I see the possibility but again there's nothing other than the speed and the sophisticated increasing sophisticated nature of the websites and whatnot and you know better processing capability and computers and the uh, social media platforms which you didn't have 20 years ago i mean we were having these things these things were out there 15 and 20 years ago and I was, I was convinced that there was no reason why anybody was ever going to go to a classroom anymore. You know, people were just going to sign up for these things. What are we going to do? And then all of a sudden it's like I was thinking, well, then you can have everybody sign up for one guy teaching this class. There will be one government instructor throughout the right. entire – well, things didn't work out that way. It turns out that people like being in rooms with other folks too. Mm-hmm. 
You know, um, so I don't know what's going to happen. I guess well, some the, students still need also the interaction with their instructors. Exactly, as well. exactly. The and some people just prefer it. Yeah, and it's going to be an interesting thing also too with the um, the pandemic because the shutdown kind of um, pushed the the demand for it, and, and of course it, it it you know put more people in a situation when they're figuring out how to maximize this online environment. Because it can be kind of problematic and stale and whatnot, and I can't say that mine is necessarily the best. It's okay, you know, but there's always ways that you can improve. And so who knows what that's going to mean for demand uh, in the future. And, again, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the business of predicting the future. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> well, Dr. Jeffries, thank you for coming by to talk to us today. I appreciate it. You're welcome, John. Thank you for the invitation. Thanks for listening to Alvin Community College Radio. I'm John Tompkins. To read these stories and more, visit alvincollege.edu.